what NFC South offense is the one you should be loading up on this season? Is Andrew Luck's injury affecting the way you're drafting all your Colts? And our guest plays a Yaman or nine with all of the former Sooners playing in the NFL. That guest is, in fact, one half of the duo that took down the 2018 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, Mr. Danny Mueller. He joins us to talk about his pros versus Joe squad, gives us some helpful best ball advice, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. everybody, if you've got what it takes, because I'm and I'm on the mic and premieres. On the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about which Chargers running back represents the best draft value right now. How far down, if at all, you should be knocking Kyler Murray and his Cardinals teammates and Danny Mueller drops in to talk about defending his and his co-manager Jeremy Roach's main event title at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship next weekend. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Uh, you can connect with us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, and Danny is on Twitter at Danny Mueller one uh, Facebook.com slash HSFFR, 347-426-3682, 347-GAME-OVA. If you want to give us a call, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is where to send your emails. Send all those questions uh, in the chat room, in the tweets, in the emails, so we can get to the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Producer and friend Rob. Uh, audio engineer and best friend Bryce are working diligently tonight. I want to remind everybody, main event early draft spot announcement number three is coming up on uh, Wednesday, oh, uh, Wednesday, August 28th. All teams paid by August 26th. If you don't have your uh, early, or if you don't have your draft slot yet, if you're paid up uh, by August 26th, that's 10 days away. Uh, you will get your draft slot on August 28th. Remember, Dynasty Startups are forming at MyFFPC.com uh, this week. Best Ball, Superflex, Double Ups, VPs, Classics, Terminators, everything. MyFFPC.com right now. And a special uh, note, fill up that 11.55 draft tonight. Fill up that 12.30 a.m. draft tonight. I got work to do, and I'd love to do it, hanging out watching all of you guys draft in the Football Guys Players Championship. Dave, this is our last studio show for roughly a month, I oh, want to say. I mean, no, that's uh, too bad. We will be in the throes of uh, Louisville next weekend for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at the 
Horseshoe Casino, which is now a Caesars property, which is very exciting. Well, Caesars got bought by another company, actually. Uh, so it is no longer just a Caesars property. It's El Dorado or something? It is an El Dorado property. They're, they're in the process, so it's still worth so are we uh, we're, we're doing the podcast out there? We're doing the podcast out there live. I was, I was hoping to uh, bring up the idea of not doing it anymore. So. Oh, you don't want to do it out in Kentucky? I was like <laughs> doing it out there. Well, uh, I, I, I mean, as much as I enjoy doing the podcast, it's been lots of work. Then this could be the last <laughs> year we do the podcast live in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. It is going to be at a special time. Stay tuned for that. I'll announce that at the end of the show. And I believe there's a chance, Dave, that the sports book could be open this this time when we go down there. And, yeah, really? Yes, that, that, that was the rumor. I think uh, uh, the Commissioner Farrell Elliott has confirmed this, so we might be able to bet on some preseason games while we're there. Would not be the worst idea in the world. So, uh, they, And the reason I say this is our last studio show, because uh, next week we're in Louisville. The week after that is our Football Guys Labor Day Draftathon. We will not have a show then. And then the following week, we are at the FFPC live events at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, so Alice wanted me to mention that there's no more early draft slots. It's now it's just the draft slot. Okay, so it is just called the the next draft slot announcement. Well, it's the third announcement. It's not really early because it's kind of right. getting, it's kind of getting late. In it, fact, it, me and Alice have already started. Well, the thing, but but when we get down to it, you will not get your draft slot until the draft fills. So that's that's not. I mean, that's about as late as you can get. Oh. Technically, this is still early, but I will check to the prognosticator here and call it the draft slot announcement, the third draft slot announcement. The medium bird. Yes, the medium bird. Exactly. The, the one that's not a train wreck, but not a world beater either. <laughs> uh, let's uh, get into uh, to the show tonight, Dave, and, and I want to bring on our guest tonight. He's won numerous FFPC main event and football guys leagues over the years, as well as being the 2012 FFPC Pros versus Joes champion. Tonight, he's here to talk about defending the championship that he won with his co-manager, Jeremy Roach, in last year's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event. Please welcome back to the program, Mr. Danny Mueller. Danny, thanks uh, so much for coming back on, man. Hey, Eric and Dave. One week from today, we'll be in Kentucky drafting. Dave, I don't know if I told exactly. Yes, and I'm not looking for. I mean, I'm looking forward to that, but I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, I remember I was in a draft with you, Danny, last year, and and think I think you had the one pick, and I was like at the nine or something, and I just wanted to stay away from you like poison in that draft because I didn't want you snaking all my picks uh, in in that. And I and I do remember that was probably like one of my better drafts. I I think I had that weekend. I think it's because I stayed away from a shark like you, Dave. I don't know if I told you this, but. Danny has been in a lot of football guys drafts over the last week, uh, week or two that, that I have been commissioned. Oh, and every time I announce, you know, hey, this is Eric Falkman, here's my number, give me a call. Danny's always giving me the, the countdown. Hey, 10 days till Kentucky, oh, nice. eight days away, Balky, <laughs> but who's counting? You know, That's and, great, and so we're, we're all fired up. We, we can't wait to do it. I want to talk about Kentucky uh, in a second, but we have, I don't want to call it breaking news anymore because it happened a few hours ago, Danny, but we just found out that Josh Gordon has been reinstated by the NFL. Um, and Josh Gordon sounds like a bad penny. A bad penny? Yeah. Can you elaborate? He keeps coming back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Never goes away. Well, listen, Danny, let me ask you this. Now that we know he's going to be catching balls from Tom Brady this year, what round are you taking the bad penny in? Is, is this a guy that, that you're raising up your draft boards and targeting now, or, or are you going to let somebody else take the plunge with him? I, I really haven't had time to digest that yet. Uh, I know he's definitely going to rise up to the boards. I'm curious as to how far he's going to rise. I'll just make that determination when I'm in the draft. Dave, but I, let, I let don't me say know this. If... Uh, let me say this. 
I'm sure Jeremy would have loved to be on tonight. Uh, he's playing, paying the ultimate sacrifice. He's having to work double shifts all week, all no days off to get time to go to Kentucky and to Vegas and to do our draft schedule. So plus he's got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, and yeah, we wish we could have had him on. He did say, I, I actually asked him to come on because I would love to have both of you back on the program again. It's probably been, you know, six, seven years since, since that's happened. Um, but we will get him on another time to be sure. Back to the Josh Gordon thing, Dave, real quick. I did not get a chance to look at all the football guys drafts that have gone off since the news tonight. I can tell you in one football guys draft tonight, he did go in the mid seventh. Well, that's what I was thinking, seventh. Seventh, yeah. Danny, is that – well, I mean, I, I, know, I know you're still kind of unpacking it, but I, I think for me, just looking at it right now, um, in the mid-seventh, that, that could bring some value because I think he's going to actually rise higher than that in drafts as, as we get closer and people are seeing him on the field. Uh, seven sounds like a good starting spot. I'd start looking for him. There you go. Seventh but, round. Um, but – but I'm sure he's going to rise above that as we get to Vegas. Heck, he might be going in the first round by the time we get there. So, yeah, yeah, he, the new ascendant. Yeah, he, could, he could be the new ascendant. <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, well, listen, congratulations, uh, Danny. I know I've said to, this to you in person um, uh, for your Kentucky title last year, uh, winning that main event. And, and now I, I want to make sure of this because I think this is what you told me earlier but this was one of the – because I know you guys are partners with, with all your teams there, but I believe this was Jeremy Roach's team that, that ended up winning the whole thing. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but can you t- uh, tell me uh, about what it was like collaborating with him, looking at this team uh, once it got to the league pro, uh, playoffs and once it got to the championship round and making those uh, tough lineup decisions, if there were any. I mean, maybe the team sort of set itself, one of those things. What was that like those last few weeks watching this team? Well, uh, first of all, you know, Jeremy and I pretty much see things eye to eye on everything. He drafts independently from me, and but we we draft very similar, and we use the same draft sheet, and we have a lot of the same guys on our teams, just a little bit of different mixes. And honestly, I can't remember exactly who's on his team, but what I, I found interesting is uh, – he texted me and said, oh, my God, I'm at the top of the leaderboard in Kentucky. We got real interested <laughs> in the last couple of games. And and usually I'm the the guy that's the worry ward, and he's the guy that's overly optimistic whenever we're in this situation with league titles and so forth. And we get into the last week, and, oh, he's all worried. He goes, oh, I don't think I'm going to – I don't think we're going to be able to – we're going to pull this out. I don't think we are. And I, I kept looking at the, you know, different players, and I'm going – I think we've got this clinched, you know, by halftime. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. We got this clinched. Oh no, something could go wrong. And we just switched roles <laughs> at that That's time. Great. And of course, we yeah. ended up pulling it out. Too. So oh, I'm just so riding his coattails on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So let's talk about your pros versus Joe's team a little bit. You guys have the number one pick. Uh, you took uh, Christian McCaffrey, which is a pretty popular player for all those high stakes guys to take. Uh, did you guys have much debate over taking uh, Barkley or whether it be David uh, Johnson? Did we see? Yeah, David Johnson. Yeah. We've seen Elliott at, at one point, not as much anymore. Uh, haven't seen Camaro at all. But what did you, what do you think of CMC all the way? Uh, it was there was no doubt it was going to be Christian McCaffrey <laughs> because it has the Dave it has the Dave Gerzak endorsement, you know. He's you got guy, that right. So we'll have to draft him. Oh. Yeah, sure. 
wasn't the first player or first guy to like that guy. Well, when we first started communicating about players, and I had read an article that compared Christian McCaffrey and said that he could be he's on the same track as Ladanian Tomlinson. Which I remember when Ladanian, I remember being in drafts when Ladanian Tomlinson was around, and he was automatically the number one, and we'd immediately say, "You've won the draft. You've won the game. You've won the league because you got Tomlinson." Now, I don't know if he's going to quite be that, but he's certainly very impressive. Catches a yeah. lot of passes. No question, and uh, I know Carolina. They they it seems like they want to reduce his snaps, but not necessarily his his touches this year. So he could be in for a Bafo season, especially if he stays healthy all season long. I love McCaffrey as the number one overall pick as well. You had the opportunity in, in this uh, pros versus Joe's draft, Danny, uh, for either Hunter Henry or Evan Ingram uh, at the uh, at the, at the end of I believe it was or no, it was the beginning of the fifth round. Um, and you went with uh, with Hunter Henry at, at that 501. Why was he the pick uh, at tight end there over everybody else, including Evan Engram? Well, you, you sent me a sheet with the list of the questions. And actually, this question and the next one are really tied together as to why I picked Henry. Now, you're, you're expecting me to say, I, I like Henry better than Ingram for this reason or that reason. You know, the, the, the three players in that group that – I, I have gone back and forth all year on which order to, to put them in. And depending on what day of the week it is, it's Henry, one day it's OJ, one day it's Ingram. But in this draft, the reason I picked him is, first of all, he fell to the fifth, which I couldn't ignore a tight end, him, him or Ingram falling into the fifth. But uh, when I go into the best ball drafts, uh, I spent considerable time studying this, and, and my strategy I've been employing all best ball season is to try and get stacks with quarterbacks. So as I'm going through the draft, I'm thinking of who I can pair with a quarterback. So, excuse me, I drafted. Excuse me, I drafted McCaffrey, and then it came around at Mike Evans. Well, Mike Evans, hey, I can get, I can get. Uh, Jameis Winston at a reasonable round, so he makes sense there. Then Keenan Allen, I go well. I can I can get <clears throat> Philip Rivers. Excuse me, Philip Rivers to pair with him. Then it comes around, and I was debating about DJ Moore or uh, Chris Godwin, or I already had Evans, and that would be a double stack. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting, but I decided to go with Moore because McCaffrey's receptions. And I could then I could grab Newton. Then it just fell in line that if I picked Henry, then I could pair him with Rivers. And of course, Jeremy texts me right away and says, "I see what you're doing. You're trying to get a, a Cam Rivers stack going." And I said, "Absolutely." So that that's really the thinking behind it. I picked Henry because I was planning on picking Rivers. And then it got down to the. The eighth round, that's the rounds I usually look at quarterbacks. And Cam Newton's on the board, but suddenly Matt Ryan is there. And I'm on the corner, so I could pick two quarterbacks. Uh, I wouldn't want to pick Rivers that quick, so my debate was, do I pick Cam, pass on Ryan, and then get Rivers the next round? And I just had to make a quick decision, and I just couldn't pass up Matt Ryan. 
So I just grabbed them both. So I only ended up getting one double stack instead of two double stacks, which I, I second thought that for quite a while. And then I said, oh, what the heck? I think I'll be okay. So, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, and that's certainly that's a good way to do thinking. it. The uh, 2018 uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship co-champion, Danny Mueller, joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight in our, uh, I guess you can call it KFFSC preview, as we will be broadcasting there live in Louisville this uh, coming weekend, this coming Friday night. And uh, You know, you, you kind of said that the last question, Danny, and, and this next one kind of go hand in hand, but let's talk about this Panthers offense because – I know, uh, you know, we're all in agreement. We, we love Christian McCaffrey as the 101. I can't speak for Dave, but I will say that I do like Cam Newton quite a bit this year as well. Uh, DJ Moore is a guy that I've been on since, since the end of last season, essentially. And then Curtis Samuel. I mean, everywhere you look, this is a guy that, that he keeps rising and rising and rising uh, in, in drafts and, and a guy who's making big plays in the preseason. So I know that, that he's been a big deal so far. In fact, in, in FFPC Classic drafts over the last couple of days, he's going on average at the 706. I mean, that's way higher than he was going, you know, even just a few weeks ago. So I look at this Panthers offense. Do you think uh, high-stakes players would be wise to load up on Carolina guys this year for the amount of points that they're going to put up and the amount of talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, well, obviously I thought that because I picked those guys. Uh, I've been real high on DJ Bowman since I see him in college. This guy is special. And there's a lot of receivers that are pretty good there. Uh, you was talking about Samuels. I seen him go in the fifth round recently in the sixth round on two different days. So he's jumped up a couple rounds here just in the last few days. Uh, I don't know if that trend will continue, but he certainly jumped up. And if I didn't draft D.J. Moore, he thought Samuels. So. I think, but, you know, I look I at the, the – Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, for, for, for the Carolina team this year, it's, it's tough for me to, like, you know, we always talk about this, too, like with New England that one year. This is the example we always bring up where it was Brandon Lloyd and, and Wes Welker and the two tight ends there. Uh, one of them had to be a bust. I don't think you necessarily can make the same argument for Carolina this year when, when you talk about McCaffrey and, and Samuel and, and Moore because it's not like they're all going in, like, the second or the third round. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're seeing – Christian McCaffrey, obviously slam dunk, you know, top four pick or however you want to look at it. And then you look at DJ Moore and as far as where he's going uh, in drafts right now, um, we, oh, we already talked about Sam going in the mid seventh. DJ Moore is going in like the mid to late fifth. Uh, and, and I think that all three of those guys can return value there. And it makes a lot of sense to, to load up on Carolina guys this year. And, and I would even throw in Greg Olson to that as well, because you, you are not paying sticker for Greg Olson. I mean, he's going in the 13th round now. And I, I, you know, I'm totally on board with him as a backup tight end or even a third tight end uh, this year in, in drafts to get him in the 13th round in a FFPC uh, tight end premium format, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, speaking of best ball drafts, like the pros versus Joe's, Danny, you have played a ton of best ball drafts over the years. You have dozens, maybe even hundreds, I don't even know, of FFPC titles under your belt in that specific format. If someone came up to you and, and told you that they were going to be drafting, and let's assume you're not in their league, uh, and, and they wanted two pieces of strategy for a best ball format, what would you tell them? What, what would be the two things that, that they need to know about if they're going into an FFPC best ball draft? 
you know, when I first started this in 2011, there wasn't there wasn't hardly any kind of information about the best ball drafts. Even you would hear the discussion on podcasts, and that's what intrigued my interest. So I started out kind of blind, and I remember when I first started out, Dave had some guy on. I think his name was Mark Moyer, Mark Meyer, or something like that, who was supposed Mark to be Moyer. the best ball guy. Mark Moyer. And he had that basic three quarterbacks, three tight ends, three kickers, three defenses. And he made a very compelling argument for that. And, and that's just kind of stuck with me ever since. And, and also that first year, I was drafting a lot with, a, oh, gosh, I can't think, Wayne, Wayne Ellis. And I was doing sure. some emails with him. And he said, he said, if you want to learn, he said, you need to talk to the master at Rich Dunn. And I said, well, give me his email address. And I emailed Rich, and I asked Rich a couple of questions. And he was so nice. He said, he sent me a novel, <laughs> I mean, page <laughs> after page of, of advice, you know. But the one thing that he kind of started with that stuck out was two things. He said, this is a survivor league. You grab players that are going to survive. And the other is pick players who are going to score the most points. <laughs> I Good thought, advice. How, I mean – yeah, well, of course you're going to want to draft the players with the most points. But in uh, and his, and his explanation, I got to looking at this. and Now, I know you can say projections aren't true, but let's pretend they are. And you're in a draft, and you're going to draft a running back, and he's projected to score 150 points. But there's a receiver who's projected to score 200 points. Hmm, pick the player who scores the most points. Which one should I choose? <laughs> and so I kind of construct my leagues like that. Look at where the values, the scoring projections change and hope the projections are anywhere near close to correct. And that's just kind of what I've done. And But I've, it's really all about roster construction. You know, you've got to build a certain number of running backs, a certain number of receivers, and have incredible depth at those two positions. And and I don't know what else I can say. I mean, there's a ton of information out there now. And I went in May and started researching. I was just amazed at how much information there is now about uh, roster construction for best ball leagues, which has just blew my mind. And very compelling arguments for how to draft them. And I tried to incorporate that into my best ball strategies this year. Yeah, best ball so drafts. Read, I think have read, really, read, study. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can't you can't go wrong uh, with you know the more information you get, the better you're going to be off uh, drafting those best balls. And they've they've exploded in popularity, especially for people who want to draft. Well, like I mean, we had best ball drafts going off. Although NFL playoffs are still going on this year, and and I think for anybody who wants to you know be doing a fantasy draft in January, I think that's the way to do it. Uh, and, and as they become more popular, there's more information out there. There's more strategy. There's more tips. And, and there's a bigger sample size to see how people are winning this. Uh, people like you, Danny, so we always appreciate that. Um, Melvin Gordon has, has been, I don't want to say a weekly topic on this show, but pretty close. How are you treating him uh, in, in his holdout in your draft in regards to not only where you would be selecting Gordon, but Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson? You know, we, we saw the news blurb today that, that it might be a 50-50 split for those guys, those two while Gordon is out. So how are you sort of handling those three with Gordon, Eckler, and, and Jackson? Well, of course, they have all these tools now for best ball leagues, and I was looking at my exposures for all the players. And I noticed that one of the players I had the most exposure to is Justin Jackson. 
and I'm in like 130 best ball leagues, and I probably have about like 40% exposure. And I, I was drafting, got in the 16th, 17th, 18th, 20th, 23rd round, and boy, I'm really liking that now. And as, as far as Melvin Gordon, is, I've been kind of avoiding him this year because I've been burned with him for so many years. He gets hurt in the playoffs, kills your team. So I guess I'm punishing him for that. And Eckler, uh, certainly he's a good, solid RB, too. He always has been. But uh, you can just tell how I was drafting. Uh, I don't, it's getting tougher to get him now because he's really risen up the draft boards. Last month or so, but uh, I think uh, I thought Jackson looked pretty good last year, and I picked him up in a lot of awful lot of waivers last year during that time. I would say, as far as uh, the FFPC Classic drafts go, those twenty round formats, that uh, Gordon has uh, fallen all the way to the mid third. He is now going on average at the three oh six. Uh, Austin Eckler has obviously ascended. He is going at the 6'10 right now, although I've seen him go uh, even earlier than that in some football guys' drafts. Uh, and then you have, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, Danny, that Justin uh, Jackson is, is now going in the 12th round. I think he's going to keep ascending higher and higher, um, especially, I mean, that's, and that's the way it goes. You know, the longer Gordon is out, the higher that people are going to draft these guys and the more Gordon is going to fall. We might even see Josh Gordon get drafted ahead of Melvin Gordon before it's all said and done. That's entirely possible and, quite frankly, might be more likely than mm-hmm. not to happen the way that those uh, players are trending. Okay, now we do a thing on this show, Danny, and I know you've listened to it before. Uh, a game we play, uh, we, we call it Yaman or Nine, and it's basically, you know, Dave will give me a name uh, and um, I will say, you know, whether I'm on him this year or not. And if I if I am, and if he's a guy I want on my teams, uh, I push the Yaman button for our uh, robot Rastafarian. And if uh, it's a player I don't want, I hit nine, and it is, of course, the uh, Hitler from Inglorious Bastards that uh, goes crazy to say, no, we do not want this guy on my team. Now, I thought it would be a fun little exercise tonight is because you are a big Oklahoma Sooner fan, and there are a ton of good <laughs> Oklahoma Sooners playing in the NFL uh, and uh, fantasy ones that, you know, ones we should care about. So I thought we'd play a Yaman or nine with all the, the uh, current Sooners in the NFL, if you are on board with that, my friend. Well, I don't guess I have much of a choice. I hope no Sooner fans are listening to me because I may crucify me for not saying Yaman on every one of them. Oh, so this is going to be really good now. I'm excited for this. All right, so I'm going to kick things off. We'll go in alphabetical order. I think i got about 10 names here. Uh, and we'll start off with uh, tight end Mark Andrews, who is currently going at the 908 in, uh, in FFB. These, and these are 20-round um, drafts that I'm, that I'm talking about. Mark Andrews at the 908, Danny. I liked it better when I could get him in the 13th round. But, yes, I love Mark Andrews. I, I think he's going to be a breakout player. So I would be okay. So that is the Yaman that we get on uh, on Mark Andrews. But you know, I really like him quite a bit too this year, Danny. I, I think he is going to be a, 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 a player that I think people are going to regret passing on. And, and he's ascended now, I think, to the 12th tight end off the board, 13th tight end off the board. And that's a good spot for him, right? Did you know that he was when he came out of high school, he was a wide receiver. And he got just bigger, and they just made him into what they call an inside receiver. And so he's got wide receiver abilities. 
playing a tight end position. So he's you can count on that guy. He's good. Marquise Brown at the 1906. I'd pick up Marquise Brown on the waiver wires after he's had about half season to get well. <laughs> so, so you, so you wouldn't see. Okay, so yeah, so that is a nine. We'll do that here real quick. Nine, 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 nine. So he's not even a guy that you're, you're drafting right now, just because uh, because of no. the injury factor. Right. I think it's going to take him a little while to get up to speed. He's been delayed working out and so forth. But I think whenever he finally sees the field, uh, he's going to be on my wa- waiver wire watch. All right. Sure. Let's get into a quarter. A quarterback here, Danny. Uh, Baker Mayfield at the H O one. Absolutely. Yeah, man. He loves it. Yeah, man. Loves that Baker Mayfield at the eighth in the eighth round. How, is he a top five fantasy quarterback this year, or is that being too aggressive? Uh, he could be. I mean, I just, I just don't want to have ever bet against Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> He is the most beloved Sooner player, and we've got a lot of Sooner players. There's always debate about it, but he is definitely the most beloved Sooner player. We see a lot of Cleveland Browns jerseys at OU games now. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, no question. Um, All right, so this this next one is interesting because I just saw a blurb come across that that one of his uh, linemen um, has retired, and they lost another lineman earlier this week. Uh, and, and, of course, we know the Jonah Williams news that, that he's going to be out for a significant period of time. But at the 204, Joe Mixon. Uh, well, normally I'm not looking for a running back in the second round, most usually. But uh, and since you've been in my drafts this week, I've, I've drafted him twice at the 2-9 and the 2-10. So, now, personally, I think he should be a a top six running back, but I'm concerned about that line. And I'm concerned about whether or not they will use him like they should, and we'll get to that later in one of your other questions. Oh, okay. Okay, All right. Okay, so that's a young man. All right, a guy who uh, had a lot of buzz about him, kind of struggled last night against the Raiders, Kyler Murray, Danny. Oh, and at the 902, I should say. Yeah, yeah not worried about the just, Raiders' just, performance then, right? Just wait till they start using the real air raid that that, that coach runs. Kyler will be fine. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. And Dave and I are going to talk about that in the, in the second half of the show, but I think Kyler Murray is going to be just fine. All right, the timeless, the ageless, the legend, Adrian Peterson at the 1309. Uh, that's probably a reasonable value for him, so I'd say, yeah, man, but I, I, I prefer not to draft him myself, but I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I'm on, yeah, I'm on there. That's reasonable for Peterson. So why? So you 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 like his value, but you don't necessarily like his his um his output this year. Is that is that fair of saying? I'm usually looking for running backs that catch passes, and he really doesn't meet that criteria, <laughs> but. You know, if I'm just trying to find a guy just to score some points just in case in a best ball, you know, I might draft him. I'm not going to draft him in redraft. Yeah, Chris Thompson in Washington still catching passes there, something to uh, uh, 
be a cons- well, I mean, 13th round, I mean, you know, who knows what can happen there, but certainly there's some upside with Peterson. All right, moving on to the Giants wide receiver, Sterling Shepard at the 10-03, Danny. Well, after seeing a brilliant performance by Daniel Jones tonight, I might think about it. Uh, I love Sterling Shepard, but I just don't like that Giants offense. I've been avoiding him, too. I don't think I've drafted him anywhere this year. So I'd say nine. Yeah, Sterling Shepard is just not exciting for me. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Let's do uh, uh, two more receivers here. Kenny Stills at the 16.05. Well, I've been avoiding Miami players, and I think Stills is very talented. 16.05 is probably not that bad, but I'm just avoiding Miami players pretty much. So nine. Nine, 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 nine. I think avoiding Miami this year is probably good advice for everybody. I'm not, I'm not going to look back on this season and say, oh, gee, I really wish I would have grabbed more Dolphins. But, that, I mean, things could change. Anything's possible, but I'm, I'm with you on that right now. All right, two left, uh, the penultimate one, D.D. Westbrook at the 906 for Jacksonville. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, man. I like D.D. Yeah, man. I'm going to be honest with you, Danny. I did not like Westbrook at all until about the last three weeks, and now I've heard all these compelling arguments for him, and, and I'm kind of with you on this. Nick Foles to D.D. Westbrook doesn't sound exciting, doesn't sound fun, but it might be both as, as we start the season. Uh, I'm, I think that's pretty good. I, I've been drafting like my, in, as my, my rotation in a few places. I, I really like D.D. I think he's going to come on. They just had a lousy, sucky quarterback for two years. The last one I want to talk about, and the last one I want to talk about, and sort of a, a very polarizing one: running back Damian Williams at the three oh two. How do you feel about him, Danny? I'm kind of perplexed about him. Usually in the third round, I'm not drafting a running back. I've thought about drafting. him. Uh, Damien kind of perplexes me because he played here at OU. And the first year he played, I was watching this. Uh, they had this clip on a, a site I go to, and it says the, best, the most memorable play, plays against the University of Texas. And one of the top ten was D.D. Uh, Damien Williams, 75 yards around against Texas. And I remember he came out and blew up, and then he kept, kept getting dinged up and was pretty much didn't play the rest of the year because he's always dinged up with injuries. So my concern with him is, and my fear of him is can he take a workload for a whole season? You know, I didn't see him do it in college. I'm not so sure I can see him do it in the pros. I mean, yes, he blew up the last three or four games of the season, but that's three or four games. I'm just scared of him. So I think he's a talented guy, but I'm not so sure he's going to be able to stay on the field. And I kind of shy away from players I don't think is going to be able to play. They're going to end up being injured. So I'd say I'm assu- nine. I'm a, yeah, yeah. That, nine, that's nine, 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 nine. Could be a fun guy, but I, I'm looking for a little bit more, a uh, little bit more safety when we're talking about an early third round pick. No question. Uh, Danny Miller is our guest tonight, the 2018 KFFSC co-champion, along with his uh, co-manager Jeremy Roach. And uh, all right, let's get to the question that that everybody wants to know uh, tonight, Danny. The uh, the Steelers' number two receiver this year. Who are you drafting as the second receiver to Juju Smith-Schuster? 
James Washington, Deontay Johnson, or our old buddy, Monte Doncreef? Uh, the tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Vance McDonald. I, I'm with you on that, uh, too. The, I haven't been able to decide this. I've been just kind of waiting to see what that happens in the preseason. And based on last week, I'd say it's probably more James Washington. It looks like he shed some weight and looked very impressive the other night. Uh, I haven't uh, – I don't think I've drafted Washington but maybe just a handful of times, and it'd be late in a draft. And I've drafted a lot more of Deontay Johnson, but it was like in the 24th, 23rd round, 25th round. So – and I'm not sure I've drafted Don Moncrief. Or, uh, he's had such a jaded history. You know, you draft him and he doesn't do crap. And <laughs> so, I just you know, twice bitten, twice you know, you're you're shy. Yeah, twice exactly. Twice Mon- Mon- mm-hmm. Yeah, and Moncrief, like for me, like I know he's going in the 11th round right now, but I mean, I'm. I, you know, I I would still have a little bit of pause there. The other guys are basically, you know, going very, very cheap right now. Deontay Johnson, as I, I try to find him, uh, I don't need – yeah, he's not even being drafted in 20-round in leagues. Uh, and then uh, you look at uh, James Washington, who obviously had the real nice preseason game. That bumped him up a little bit. He's now a 10th-round pick. He's actually going ahead of Moncrief. But I, I think you're right. You know, tight end premium format, you look at Vance McDonald, a guy who can uh, – he can put it all together as long as he stays on the field – He's going in the uh, sixth round right now, smack dab right behind Jared Cook. Uh, I think that's a good spot for him. That's a play. If I was playing in the FFPC, that's, I'd definitely target him as a mid to late sixth round pick. Uh, you've been very gracious with your time, Danny, tonight. I certainly appreciate it. Before we let you go, we do have one more question for you, and I believe Mr. Gerzak is going to be asking that. All right, Danny, can you give us a guy who's staying away from the early rounds this season as well as a sleeper that you'll be looking to acquire in the mid to late rounds? Okay, now the 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 one I'm in void of in the first couple of rounds, there's I could list several players I'm kind of scared of or shying away from, but the two players that are intrigued me the most, and I keep going back and forth with is, and for full disclosure, I've drafted both of these players this week. You and the league's your commission, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Now. There was an interesting article in one of the sites that showed that the RB1s are separating from the RB2s, and it's primarily because of the number of passes, percentage of pass usages that goes, goes to them. And it listed the top 12 backs, and, the, and they're all of them have like 60%, 58% pat receiving versus rushing, except Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon, which look like they don't belong on that list, because Mixon had a 38%, and Chubb was like 15 18%. Now, I remember when people used to say, Todd Gurley can't catch passes. And then Sean McVay went there, and suddenly Todd Gurley catches a lot of passes. And they said Gurley didn't catch passes in college, so he's not going to catch passes in the pros. So the thing I'm intrigued with is Nick Chubb, is he if he starts increases his passing percentage, then he might be a top five running back. And he's got a quarterback that likes to throw to, to running backs. And a, a different coach than uh, 
Todd Munkin is there now, so they might incorporate him a whole a lot more in the passing game. And if they do, then that guy's the first-round talent, and I just keep going back and forth with that. And I noticed in the game the other night, they threw a screen pass to him. And so that's got me I'm, I'm bewildered about what to do with Nick Chubb. Then Joe Mixon, Mixon, when he played at OU, he was a he would kill teams in those receptions. They asked Lincoln Riley after his uh, after his last year, he said, which player is the best receiver on your team? And we had D.D. Westbrook, we had a bunch of receivers. And he goes, Joe Mixon. He's by far the best receiver on our team. He said he could play receiver if we needed him to. And he goes wow. to Cincinnati, and they don't throw the ball to him. <laughs> what he coached. You know, doesn't recognize why he's he's such a great receiver and doesn't throw the ball to him. He should be catching 60% passes. Well, now they've got a new coach there who used to be at the the Rams who can make Todd Gurley into a receiver. What if he does that with Nixon? Well, then Nixon might be a top five running back. So I'm just bewildered about, you know, how this is going to shake out. Because I know how talented Nixon is. Yeah, they got the, the, the line problems. Did they start throwing the field routes to him and, and thought start running on routes? Uh, he could blow up big time. And I know because I've watched it here for two years. So that's the time I'll be all now. You deal about a late round pick. I, I looked at my leagues and. It, uh, in best balls, the players I had most exposure to was uh, Andy Isabella, and uh, I would certainly, I certainly like him. I know Dave loves him, and I like where he's playing. But the one that uh, that has just about as much exposure is Justice Hill. And the same deal, he can't catch passes. He didn't catch passes in college. Well, he played on a team that doesn't throw to the running back. Oklahoma State runs in air raid, but they don't throw the running backs. They're always looking to throw downfield. I've seen him catch passes in college. I've seen him play a lot. And I wasn't that intrigued with him coming out of the draft, but when he went to Baltimore, I just had this vision that this dude might be good at Baltimore. And then Sigmund Bloom keeps popping out and says, we're going to be saying at some point in the season that they should be giving the ball more to Justice Hill. And I'm like, shut up, Sigmund Bloom. I'm drafting this guy. And then <laughs> you could get him in the 16th, 17th, 18th round, and now he's in the 10th round now. You know, but he looked real good the other night. So, I, so I've, I've been drafting him a lot as a late player, and People who drafted against me a lot are starting to challenge me on drafting Hill. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the old Justice Hill race now. Who can draft him first? Uh, and especially if he keeps – and you're right, he did look good against the Packers. He's going to be out there again in, in, in week three and week four, so we'll see what happens with Justice Hill. But he's a guy that certainly could be climbing up ADP boards. A guy who climbed all the way up to the top of the Kentucky FFP – excuse me, the Kentucky – Fantasy Football State Championship main event leaderboard last year, along with Jeremy Roach, has been our guest tonight, Danny Mueller. Uh, good luck defending that belt. Good luck in all the drafts uh, you're uh, participating in this year, trying to get your second-ever pros versus Joe's uh, overall title. And I'll see you in Louisville, man. Uh, well, we, Dave and I both will. And uh, look forward to competing against you and uh, kicking back and, and uh, catching up. Look forward to it, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. 
we'll see you guys next week. See you soon. Danny Mueller, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. He's uh, follow, follow him on Twitter at DannyMueller1. Uh, great stuff from him. Always like hearing uh, from from a champ like that. And you know what's so funny, David? You know we're talking about best ball with him. And by and by the way, after hearing that Mixon thing, I think I have to reevaluate re- my position on him. Um, but talking about that best ball thing, you know, think about all the best ball leagues that that Danny has won over the years and how successful he's been at it. And and then you know you ask him like, well, you know, if somebody's going in fresh for for advice uh, and, and they've never done an FFPC best ball before, who does he cite? Wayne Ellis. He cites Rich Dunn, like, and Rich Dunn sends him a novel back uh, via email um, uh, on on what to do, and and it's it's kind of obvious advice. I mean, you, know, you you talk about the Mark Moyer strategy of the three QBs, three tight ends, three kickers, three defenses, and then and then make sure you have incredible depth at at running back and receiver. I think that's really strong advice, and and I don't know everything that Rich Dunn sent him, but I know how much Rich Dunn wins. And I know how much, uh, how successful he's been. So I'm sure whatever he put in there is really good as well. Uh, I'll have to get my hands on that email, no question. Uh, let's get into uh, um, last uh, uh, 15 minutes of the show, roughly, and catch you up on what's been going on around the league on the Fantasy Flash. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for uh, tonight's rundown here. Uh, Ian Rapport from the NFL Network has reported that Amari Cooper is actually dealing with a strained heel right now. He has not been practicing. Maven Sports Mike Fisher uh, said that he has been dealing with a plantar, uh, plantar fascia irritation. Yikes. Uh, so you're probably not going to see a ton of Cooper or uh, any of Cooper in the preseason. Uh, but he did get 1,000 yards receiving for the third time in 2018. He averaged 80.6 yards per game after he became a Cowboy. And he is currently going in FFPC 20-round classic drafts uh, at the currently the 310. Uh, right behind Stephon Diggs and T.Y. Hilton, right ahead of Julian Edelman and Brandon Cooks. Now, this is a player, Dave, that, that I had made up my mind on. I wasn't going to draft him at all this year, and I think, I don't want to say you single-handedly changed my mind, but I'm definitely on board with Amari Cooper right now. This plantar fascia thing That's is funny because I'm exactly the opposite. This plantar fascia thing is, is kind of scaring me a little bit because I know they say it's a minor issue. I've never heard of a minor plantar fascia issue, if it in fact is that. Yeah, I've had that before. It's terrible, and it lasts a long time. It's not something that you – and playing football will irritate it. It's bad. It's bad. You're supposed to, like, roll uh, your feet over tennis balls. It's no good now. Really? Is yeah. That, is that the – uh... And it's not even – it's not really a treatment. It's like, oh, just rest and, uh, yeah, to stretch your plantar fascia out, you know, take tennis balls under your feet and roll them around. And that's, like, the treatment. There's nothing – you can't take – I mean, they can probably inject you, I guess, if you're, but it's not going to make it better in the long term. I don't – I don't want – I don't – you know – I like Cooper, but if he's hurt at this point, I don't know. I've, when they say there's no concern over his week one availability, that doesn't mean he's totally healthy. It doesn't mean he had a good camp. So, right. At the, you know, he's very close to guys like uh, Diggs or Thielen or – When know, he's healthy, right? No, I'm saying where he's getting drafted. I'm saying he's right. close oh, yeah, to yeah. – so you can just take yeah. any of those guys – It'd be fine. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see a need for me to be looking for Mario Cooper at this point. Let me dip in a little bit lower uh, than players that are going off the board after him. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Kenny Galladay? Cooper. I, I would rather have Cooper there. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Chris Godwin? Godwin, actually. I agree. And I mean, Godwin's actually, I think, I think he's still pretty good value in drafts right now. 409 currently. Yeah, that's, that's a really good value. He's still fine, my 409. Last one, Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett? Uh... I might, 
I might still stick with Cooper. I, but I, you know, I don't know. Lockett's not a bad pick either. I, he's not bad. I would still I take Cooper over at, at this point in, in drafts right now. So that is something we will be paying attention to and something that we will be following as uh, we bring you our final preseason show next week. ESPN's Eric Williams has reported that he expects the Chargers to use Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson in a, quote, 50-50 split as long as Melvin Gordon is holding out. Now, that is not what happened uh, in the Chargers' first preseason game. The first-team offense was out there for 16 snaps with Eckler on the field for 12 of those snaps. Jackson, obviously, only out there for four. Uh, Austin Eckler, two of three touches inside the 10-yard line. Uh, in practices, as far as uh, the Chargers have gone, uh, Eric Williams has said it's more. It's been closer to 50-50 there. Um, now, if you want to talk about some meeting somewhere in the middle, that's certainly possible. Maybe 70-30, maybe you know 60-40, 65-35, something like that. But Eckler, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball in between the tackles. Um, and uh, you know, I think he's a good pass pro guy as well. I am going to ask you this, Dave, and I don't know how you feel about this, but Austin Eckler is currently going, I think I said this earlier in the broadcast, 6'10 uh, is where he's going, and then Justin Jackson is going at the 12'12. Uh, now, if you are drafting, would you target one of those guys, both of those guys, or neither of them at that price? And assuming you don't have Gordon. Yeah, I mean, my personal, personally, I would probably not target any of them. I think, you know, it's just really early for Eckler, and, and if Gordon comes back, his you know, you just went five rounds too early on him. And yeah. There's a chance he comes back. There's a chance he comes back in week two. So I'm just not, I don't know, I just don't really feel the need to do that. Again, there's good players there. Um, I don't, you know, I, just, I, just don't, I don't see the need to do it. I mean, there's, you know, if Gordon Stanford stays out the whole season, that is a nice value. That will be, yeah. So if you're willing to take that chance, that's fine. I just feel like, and the nice thing about Eckler, to make a counter argument my own position, is that he does have standalone value. So he still could be a, uh, low end RB two or a, a good RB three. I'd say top thirty. Yeah. Well. yeah. I mean, it's possible. I don't know if he will be, but it's possible. Just to give you an idea of who is going after Austin Eckler for running backs within the round after uh, he is going: Lamar Miller, Latavius Murray, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Kenyon Drake, and Royce Freeman. So if you want to skip Eckler, those are the running backs you're looking for, and there's certainly some upside with a lot of those guys. All right, Andy Isabella. Here's our weekly uh, Andy Isabella update. He uh, had four targets in Thursday's preseason game. He caught one of them, but it was for a 59-yard touchdown. Now, this was not with the first-team offense. Isabella did not get on the field for any offensive snaps until after halftime. Uh, that's usually a red flag, but there is, it is uh, possible that the Cardinals uh, don't want to overwork him since he missed uh, that practice time because of that knee injury. He did not play in the uh, Cardinals opener, if you remember. Uh, this guy is athletic. He's uh, pedigreed. He put up numbers in college. Uh, it looks like he is behind Keyshawn Johnson in three wide receiver sets right now, but I don't know if that lasts. And, and you know, I know that when it comes down to it uh, and, and it's crunch time, are the Cardinals really going to trot out a six-round pick over the guy that, that they, they, they much ballyhooed second-round selection? I'm not sure. So while I'm, I, it's disappointing to see Isabella playing with the reserves right now, Dave, I don't think that's going to last, and I think he's going to be okay, even for redraft leagues, where he's going right now. Yeah, I mean, with him, I, I have a little bit of, you know, first of all, he, he had a little bit of an injury, so I think that they were just being cautious for one. And I honestly, I kind of think that they're being a little bit deceptive, or they were trying to be. And I actually think that, they do plan to use him in three wide receiver stuff. And I think they're just kind of slow rolling him out there, to be honest with you. And it didn't really work because he scored a touchdown last night. But uh, 
I'm not that concerned at all. And I, even like you said, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, he looks pretty good too. Uh, I could see him being out there in four wide receiver sets. And I see Isabella, if he doesn't get the job right away, I see him getting it within the first few weeks of the season. He's a really super talented player. We talked about him ad nauseum. Yeah. All the production, the, the speed, and the team. And Kings very loves the guy. I just don't. I don't see if he's healthy. I don't see any reason why he's not going to be in there in three wide receiver sets. And here's one thing I did notice in that Arizona game. I thought Fitz looked sluggish, and I know he's getting older and all that. I, there's a chance that Fitz just is not. I mean, he might have another 700 yard five touchdown season. So where are the other, where are the other receptions going to? And it might, it might not be the Fitz, you know. So. Could be Kirk, could be David Johnson, could be Isabel. Could be. Could be Johnson. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Andy Isabella, 1708 is where he's going right now. He's, I want to say he's basically free, but I will say it. He is basically free. So you can certainly get him in the 17th round and take advantage of that, see what happens there. Uh, the latest in Antonio Brown, I mean, my God, what an offseason for him. Michael Gelkin on Twitter uh, says that he's actually, uh, Antonio Brown is now close to practicing before. Thursday's preseason game against Arizona, he was actually running routes. He was sprinting prior to kickoff, and maybe he'll be back practicing this weekend. That is certainly within the realm of possibilities. Um, it's, you know, the off-field stuff is always going to be there, Dave, and, and you look at Antonio Brown, and, and if he is, if, if the new skin is ready to come in on those feet and he could start cutting on it right now, would you be looking at Antonio Brown at that 2-3 turn, or is that still a little too rich uh, for a guy who is uh, very high on the flake scale currently. Yeah, so what's the question again? Is I'm, I'm asking you, is the 2-3 turn too rich for Antonio Brown? Yeah, I, I think it is. You would be taking guys like Adam Thielen, Diggs, Hilton, all ahead of him? Yeah, you know, now that, just, so now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would be, but I mean, it's, it's getting tougher on that turn because uh, Hilton's dealing with Andrew Luck's injury. Cooper's dealing with his own injury. Keenan Allen's Oh, Keenan Allen, yeah, I didn't mention him. His yep. own injury. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, it gets to be a little bit problematic at this point, but I, I don't know, man. It's still the Raiders. He's still a big time play, and uh, it's a new, I like all the new team. It's Derek Carr. You know, Carr's a right. himself, and I, I, I don't think Carr's all that talented. Uh, I'd much rather take Tyrell Williams, and at least then you're not spending that much much on him. Yeah, and that's Tyrell a great is, point. It's a good value, and uh, I'd go, I'd probably try and find somebody with a different direction. If I had you, I, I mean. I guess I could take him, but I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of players, I think. 11-11 for Tyrell Williams right now. I will be targeting him everywhere uh, at that price. I, I'm very excited about that. Remember, Tyrell Williams had that really good season with the Chargers, and then I don't know if it was a misuse thing w- with him, but God, you know, and he, he, he helped me win a league uh, that year, that big breakout year that he had, and, and so maybe I hold a, more of a special place in my heart for him, but I think he is a, he's an undervalued asset in that Raiders offense. He's actually in the prime of his career, too. Though, How old is he, like 27? 27. 27, yeah. yeah. You know, that's when baseball players break out. I, actually, they used to break out at 27. Now they break out quite a bit earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the new thing, because you're calling up these big-time prospects and using team control over them. So then by the time that they're ready to get out of arbitration and get ready to make a contract, they're no longer useful, Dave. That's, no. that's, that's the, new, the new norm in baseball. Great. Yeah. Sounds like a wonderful story. Oh, uh, it's fantastic. Let's move on to some fantastic emails here in uh, Fantasy Feedback. We've got about five minutes left in the show. I don't know how much we'll get to tonight, uh, but let's kick things off with Scott and Tampa. Well, you kind of answered this already, Dave. Uh, any concern with Kyler Murray after the Raiders destroyed him tonight? This was obviously last okay. night's email. Uh, but last night uh, he was destroyed. Now, I don't know how vanilla the offense was. I don't know how creative Cliff Kingsbury got. Uh, but certainly he did not look as good in game two as game one. Me personally, this is not affecting me at all. 
Uh, the only concern I have is with the offensive line. Is the Cardinals' offensive line is bad as they lost because Gunther Cunningham was throwing tons of blitzes at them, and they did not handle it very well at all. That's really, I think, you know, on top of like some of the separation issues for the receivers, I think those are the two things that I saw just in my time watching it. So, uh, if it was a game though, Murray, except you know he had that safety where he yeah. got caught. But a lot of the time, you know, if he's getting blitzed like that, you're going to see a lot of 50-yard runs. So I think you're going to feel pretty happy when you have Kyler Murray as your quarterback. You know, Kyler Murray is going off as the QB 10. I thought he was going higher than that. But the QB 10 at the 10.05, I mean, that's, that's fine. Classic. Uh, FFPC Classics, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, normally I, I tend to take – I'm one of the last guys to take a quarterback. And sometimes I'll actually wait till 14 or 15 of them are off the board, and then I'll go back-to-back. But sometimes I will take, you know, that, that ninth, tenth guy off the board. I still I, – I kind of wrote Kyler Murray off. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get him. He's going insanely high. Not going that high anymore. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's not, not, uh, not too bad. I mean, he's pretty reasonable. You know, in national contest, I think he might get boosted a tad because he has kind of a lead-winning upside, whereas other QBs may not be as exciting. Or, you know, like a Drew Brees isn't as exciting. You know, he just – he's got more downside outside. Uh, I'm going to try to get to two more emails here, maybe only one. Uh, next one is from uh, Bill in Elmhurst, Illinois. Dear Johnny and Peyton, I know Dave was telling everyone to stay away from Andrew Luck last year, but does the mystery behind his leg injury right now make 2019 the real year to let him go to someone else? Good luck in Kentucky. Thank you for the email, Bill in Elmhurst, Illinois. Yeah, man, this Luck thing, this is crazy. Is it an Achilles? Is he growing an extra bone down there? Is there something else? We, we have no idea. And quite frankly, I'm not sure the Colts and Andrew Luck know what's going on. So you look at, let's set luck aside for a second, Dave. Is this affecting how you're drafting Hilton and Ebron and Jack Doyle and Marlon Mack and Paris Campbell? Um, I think less so. I mean, you, you kind of have to hope that something happens. And Jacoby Brissett is actually a pretty solid quarterback in and of itself. So not totally. Uh, I really wouldn't, you know, I don't think I'd move I've already done all that much. I mean, it sounds to me like, you know, if, I may not be taking luck, and I wouldn't be taking luck, uh, but at least then – even if he's out for a few weeks, it's not, not be the end of the world. It's not the end of the offense. You might be getting a discount on those players because other people are thinking that. Yeah, over the last couple of days, Andrew Luck has fallen to the 904 on average. He has slipped as late as the 1101. And, and at that, you know, and this is what I was doing that one year where he was kind of, where he's hurt. And I think that was, didn't he, didn't he go a season where he just missed the whole year? Like they're uh, dragging along, dragging along. And then, right, he, yeah. and I took him in like, actually, it was Kentucky. And I took him as my backup quarterback in like the 12th round. I was like, this is great value. And then he never played. <laughs> so I, I think there's a, a certain amount of that this year uh, that you could look at, you know, with, with luck. But I don't know, man. It, it, with best balls, it gets a little trickier. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to take the plunge there, especially when you could you consider with all these issues with him, you could still get Breeze, Wentz, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Goff, Russell Wilson. I mean, it just it makes more sense to to stay away from him as far as where he's going right now. And even if, when he was healthy, he wasn't even projected for more than like 20, 30 points higher than some of those other guys you just mentioned. Yes, that is. So I'm not. Yeah, no big deal. If you just take, if you get like a super value on him, you can take for set, grab him a couple rounds early, taking like the 25th or 26th instead of the 28th, and then you got that uh, passing game pretty much locked up. That's a good point. Excellent point, and a great point to end on tonight as we are going to put a bow on this show and. Uh, Talk to you next week from Louisville, live at the uh, Horseshoe Casino for the 2019 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. I want to thank my guest tonight, or our guest, I should say, Danny Mueller, uh, who will be defending his belt uh, at, the, uh, at the KFFSC this year as he and Jeremy Roach try to make it back-to-back. We become the second-ever 
back-to-back champs in the Kentucky main event next to Mike Fox and J.A. Carey, who did it a few years ago. Congrats for them. What an incredible uh, accomplishment. And Roach and Mueller will try to do it again. We'll talk to those crazy guys next week as well when we get down to Louisville. Now, I said that the show is going to be at a special time next week. We will be live at 7, 6 Central. That is 7, 6 Central at the Horseshoe Casino in the shadows of Louisville for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Big thanks to Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you uh, for tuning in live tonight. I want to remind everybody that we do have some football guys drafts going on, and you can pop in them right now. We have uh, nine left. Excuse me, nine left in the in the midnight. So jump in that one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, chat about the show tonight. Once you're in there, as uh, I will be commissioning that. Hey, get those main event uh, draft slots not early, but on time, as you will get them next week, next Wednesday. Um, and when you uh, take advantage of that, your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Yeah, and what I meant to say, get in. Monday, August 26th, if your team is, uh, if you sign up for your team then, you will get your uh, draft slot on the 28th. Remember, those main event drafts start a week from today. A week from today, people are going to be gunning for that $500,000 grand prize. You could be one of them. Sign up at myffpc.com. We'll talk to you again next week at 7, 6 Central, live in Kentucky, uh, and we'll be announcing a special, I should have mentioned this earlier, a special ascendant announcement that you will not see coming, something that uh, we're going to be doing a little bit different this year. Hopefully you can pop in the chat room and enjoy that with us. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a great weekend.